0: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Ralph Pittman Jr. Yes.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much for having me.
0: How are you? Thank you for being here and what is going on today in Atlanta.
1: Oh man, you know, every day is a great day in Atlanta. You know, weather is getting warm, you know. I'm trying to just make sure my grass doesn't sing, it's just a bunch of stuff happening. So, you know, I, I don't know if you watched the show, but we uh, recently purchased a house, ton of things to do. I mean, this place it's, it's never a dull day, never something that I don't have going on. So, like, literally, it's a lot.
0: I mean, I am a self-respecting gay man. So, I mean, do you think I watch the (laughs) show or not? Like, of course (laughs) I watch the show. I mean, yes, I do. So that's good. So you're busy in the new house, right? Absolutely. A lot going on. It's a lot going on. So before we get to the show and all of that, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised as I was preparing for this to realize that you, I mean, I'm in New York City, like you are from New Jersey. I love it.
1: Yes, who would, absolutely.
0: Who would have thought you were a nice Jersey boy?
1: <laughs> That's the thing. I, I thought that people would probably figure it out. Like, wait a minute. Who is he? You know, of course, straight to the point, straight no chase, definitely East Coast guy.
0: <laughs> you have the East Coast, Jersey, New York energy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Did you love growing up in New Jersey?
1: I, love, I'm, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It really, truly gave me and an, uh, made me the man I am today, the character that I have. Uh, the pursuit, I mean, you know, that's one thing, it's, a, it's like a New York mindset, you know, everyone is really truly about getting it, what you have to do, and I feel like if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere.
0: It's true, we have like that fast paced. listen, no one is rolling out the red carpet for you in New York City, I, right. I can tell you that, exactly. what about, and then you went to Rutgers, so you stayed in New Jersey, did you love Rutgers? Oh, Rutgers, that was, it was a great
1: experience, you know, I didn't go that far, like literally, I'm from New Brunswick, interesting enough, and then all of a sudden, I literally went to school probably three miles away. Like, Mom, I'm over here. Don't bother me. You know, <laughs> like I'm doing my thing. I want the whole experience.
0: She must have loved the fact that you were close by, though.
1: Oh, absolutely. Anything that she needed, Ralph, I need you to your help. I'm there. You know, so that was a it was a benefit
0: for her, definitely. And you played football there. Were you always like a sports guy growing up? Yeah, that's my outlet. So
1: I started off running track when I was young, um, went to the Nationals running track when I was 10. And then from there, fell in love with football and uh, ended up going and playing in college. So it was great.
0: And you have, I I have a left brain, right brain. I used to practice corporate tax law. I'm a CPA. I don't talk about these things very often. And here I am doing this job. (laughs) So you have kind of the right brain, left brain too. You majored in business and music.
1: You got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that's phenomenal also I, uh, so I created something called my mind music for kids it's a sleep system but I am trained I like literally play like really really play the piano so I will play and of course my areas I focus R&B, neo soul, gospel, I grew up in the church, and literally um, play all kind of different music and so that was kind of a big thing behind me I it, I use music actually for therapy as well, even for myself, what like the best instrument.
0: Listen, I mean, something is wrong with someone if they're not into music. Like, who doesn't love music, right? Exactly. What music, like, who did you grow up loving? Oh, of course.
1: I mean, you think about it, you know, Prince, Luther Vendra, like, all. I'm a, at the end of the day, I love, like, real true music, real singing, real sounds, and that right there has been, like, the the beginning of like my foundation you know of course I like the rap and everything also outcast those guys are huge a lot of biggie smalls everything you know those are part of my era also
0: prince is way up there for me like Uh I seriously think prince is the biggest musical genius of our generation like whether you love him or not like it's not normal and he
1: plays everything this guy isn't like he's a phenomenon you know like he does everything
0: it, like, I don't understand. Like, I think that first album, I think they, they said, like, when he went to Warner and they were like, well, who was this band? And they were like, no, that's one man playing all of that. You're like, <laughs> Prince is just amazing. He will be missed. He is missed.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Talk to me about My Mind's Music, which you just mentioned. Like, what is that for? It's to when you go to sleep?
1: Yeah, actually. So it's a sleep system that I created for kids. And so I packaged it up. Um, you know, it starts off with a a, a fun exercise just to make the sleep time actually fun and exciting. So, you know, who wants, kid wants to go to bed? They're not never excited about that, but it actually works uh, in tandem, uh, has a little quick exercise. And then from there, it actually has music that really truly just soothes and unwinds you so they can rest their little minds. It helps you get to REM sleep faster.
0: Wow. Do adults use it too? I mean, so many people have problems sleeping.
1: I use it. That is my medicine. You know, like literally, I can't take And that's the big thing, right? What do you take to, uh, uh, to, in order to fall asleep? Some people will go and medicate, you know, uh, melatonin, people take Xanax, whatever it might be, just to unwind your mind. Me, for myself, sometimes, I, like my mind is always going, I mind you, I just told you that I'm an East Coast guy like yourself. I can't turn my mind off sometimes. And really, truly, I put on my music and it just takes me there. Next thing I wake up, I'm like, wow, I'm refreshed. This is incredible. So literally, I knew I had something when I actually created it and then put it together. I also have an album for adults called Changing Seasons. So definitely check it out. It's released on all platforms.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it or not, don't have a problem sleeping most nights, but I am in the complete minority. I do not have one friend that can go to sleep <laughs> on their own. I think just because I'm so emotionally and physically exhausted every night by the time that I go to bed, I just, for something, Mm -hmm. I like allow myself to turn off my mind, but none of my friends could. So I, this needs to be employed. I'm not really one to do sleeping pills or anything like that either. So Mm -hmm. I would choose this way before that. And you worked on The Preacher's Son also. How is it writing music for certain movies?
1: It's incredible. It's it's, it's, it's like one one of those things that you get have an opportunity to use your gifts, right? And figuring out where you can, as you mentioned before, it's like, who doesn't like music? But the crazy thing is, people use music for everything, regardless if you like it or not, you use music. Because it's like, imagine a movie without any kind of music, any kind of climax, uh, the the various different cues. Think about even uh, music when you come into a scary movie that, do-do that's music and that's production just to build up, you know, and and really truly prepare the movie for what it is. So it's, it's underrated, not something that you think about too much, but has a huge impact in your day to uh, your day life.
0: Do you do, are, is, are these like, is music like your main focus? And I don't mean any shade by this, or do you have like, a side gig too with other entrepreneurial jobs? Because a lot of people, I think like from watching the show were like, what does Ralph do? Like, what does he do? Like, I didn't know if you go to an office. (laughs) There's no shade. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. No, no, no. I used to have my own business, but I'm like, what actually do you do?
1: Other than that, not that
0: you have to do anything. uh, Well,
1: of course I have to do a lot. You know, and so the whole thing about it is, is, so I went to Rutgers and graduated, as mentioned before. I ended up getting into business and actually started off as a sales executive. Um, and so that's been pretty much the cost, crust of things. I'm in technology. That's my core, my bread and butter, something that I work. So I work with Fortune 100 companies, helping them with their uh, either their digital strategy, go-to-market strategy, IT strategies, uh, and everything else that comes uh, together. Matter of fact, I'm talking about the whole entire shift as people are now starting to enter back into the office, what does that mean for organizations and how do they make sure that they can compete on this war of talent? So there's a lot of various different things. So I actually, behind the show, I'm actually this, you know, this smart guy that really, truly walks in and helps, you know, various different uh, high-level executives handle different challenges.
0: Have you seen crossover now in like your day-to-day job, like where, you know, you're on a Zoom or if you're going in person where someone's like, isn't that the guy on Real Housewives of Atlanta?
1: yeah oh uh, yeah it happens all the time you know or somebody just notices like wow oh my god i can't believe i'm working with you right now and it is so i forget i forget that you know you can actually see me on tv or you might because I just walk around just being regular. I'm always ready to go and handle whatever activities we need to do. So sometimes I'll get these random requests or meetings or emails and, you know, I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden they jump into it. Like, I don't want to, you know, come off across the wrong way, but I saw you on television, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, ah, so we'll talk about that for a while. And it's one of those kind of exciting things to do.
0: You're like, now, now let's get back to work. Now let's get back to business here. And I'm get. Back. <laughs> what about, because I know like fitness is a huge part of your life as well. Like I know you did like drop it with Drew and Ralph and now like ripped, ripped with Ralph. Like, tell me about all of that.
1: So, you know, I lost my father uh, about eight months ago, and uh, fitness has always been a huge aspect of my life. But, you know, having kids, sometimes you just fall off. I mean, how do you pull it together or keep it together? Get the dad bod, you know, and it becomes sexy, you know, to try to make that thing uh, something, you know, fascinating. Or But what happens is a lot of people are starting to suffer from heart disease. So, my father uh, also suffered from it. I didn't have a chance to meet my grandfather. And now my kids don't have an opportunity to meet their grandfather. And so I want, to make sure that I can help people shift or make a paradigm shift so they can really start living a healthier life. So that's the reason behind RIP with Ralph is to really truly help people to be physical fit. It's not about just looking great and sexy on a beach, although that's a great perk, but really truly being able to live a long, healthy life where you don't have to be confined to medications and things of that nature. That's the true benefit.
0: And how does that work? Like, is it online or, I mean, like, Tell me about that.
1: You you got it. So uh, basically, going on Rip uh, Rip with Ralph, it's an online program. So we have virtual sessions as well as in person, depending on the city that you're in. Uh, it's a community, right? Everyone needs an accountability partner, and working out. I'm thinking that you are like this, right? A lot of the times, you work out. It's either you're one of two things, either you're self-motivated and you can be the one that, I don't care, you don't need anyone or anything. You're gonna make sure that you're determined to get to the gym. You got the other group of people that uh, that really truly aren't about working out at all. And they really truly pull on somebody else to help them and be their accountability partner. A lot of the times they're picking somebody that doesn't work out either. And so what happens? Everyone's waiting for themselves to quit, right? It's like, all right, I'm gonna keep going, but I'm looking at you, side side-eyeing you to see if you're done. Cause as soon as you quit, I'm gonna quit also. But finding somebody that already is a part of that lifestyle that can really help and guide you. You need somebody that's already there, accomplish their fitness goals, and really, truly has that kind of no-limit mentality already and can really help you know pull you up so that you can get to the goal that you need to accomplish as
0: well. It's hard to go, yeah, and work out every day if you're not in that mindset. I mean, right? a lot of people have a problem with that. Speaking Ooh. of the dad bod and being a dad, <laughs> how is... You know, talk to us, you know we 've seen you on the show with drew. Talk to us about how you met drew
1: interesting so actually i was at a uh, I was at an n b a NBA gala uh, in new york i mean, I'm sorry in l a actually, and so I was getting ready to come out of there getting uh getting my car and then all of a sudden. A little boy runs out into the road. Into the road, there's a football. He's chasing his football, and then all of a sudden, I see Drew run out behind him, and her sister, and her sister, her sister run out behind him. I'm like, these kids don't know. They don't, they don't. know what they're doing with this kid. So I go grab the football. I start playing catch with JoJo. Didn't know him at the time. I told Drew, I was like, oh, you have a cute kid. Her sister comes up and says, you are the kind of guy that's going to be right for my sister. You know, um, and because I'm a business guy, right, more than just an entertainer. Uh, so we ended up going out on our first date and literally it lasted 12 hours. And, you know, the the rest was history. We talked about, we had a lot of various different things in common. The first thing that we did, I was like, oh, "Are you sing? I play the piano. I was like, let's go have a jam session. So we went and played, like name that tune. Oh, she taught me how to do the Chicago two-step. It was a blast. So that was probably like the best, one of the best nights of my life.
0: So when her sister says that, what do you say? Like, okay, let me have the number. Like you close the deal right away. Uh
1: well, you know, of course, I think everybody, it's, it's LA, you know, I think I'm one of those guys I can have anybody I want, not for nothing. So it's like, I want to make sure I get to know who you are, make sure that there's compatibility. I have like five areas or five degrees of compatibility that I need to make sure that you actually have. And if you have it, then we can talk or three of them, three out of the five I need to have. If you have two, can't really do too much
0: what are these five areas of compatibility (laughs) i mean i know you're off the market now and all but let's let's just hear this
1: oh for sure so you have your so first you have your spiritual compatibility you have your mental can we think the same uh we you have your um physical compatibility are you in shape do you care about your body is health and fitness something major you have your sexual compatibility are you good? you know Do you actually even like having sex? Like those are things that really truly some people overlook, and then the other fifth area is um, you know, our ability to to where we are equally yoked. Are we on the same page even financially? Can will you be my backbone? Can I support you? you? know How are we in that particular area so those are my five levels of compatibility.
0: You know, those off the top of your head, don't you? Like, you're like making me think now, like, I wonder how many I have, but that's interesting. You know, like, I'm like, hmm, what, what criteria do I judge people on? Yeah. And Drew had all five of these. Not at all.
1: <laughs> she had a strong three, you know, and that was, that was it. Um, three to three to, I would say, probably three and a half. And um, that was enough because, of course, you're not going to find somebody that's perfect, but you need to find somebody that you can grow and build with. You know, I I will say this. Drew is the worst person when it comes down to like punctuality and being on time and and showing up her mindset. She's truly a thespian and I'm this business guy. So I'm all about time. East Coast. I got to be here. I got to accomplish this. These are my goals. It's laid out. You know exactly what I'm about. It's business with Drew. She's like. Time is a man-made thing. Who cares about it? Like go to the beach and everything just comes and I'm, I believe in attraction and, you know, so it's a different mindset. And so the two of them, once again, left and the right side of the brain, which one do you actually go towards? And so her, her system doesn't necessarily work well with me and you know of course vice versa now for me it, it actually creates a great balance because she can be the the dreamer i can be the person to actually can create things and make them turn into reality
0: do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as i do where to go what to do where to stay I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation. And that is why I turned to Apple vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them. And this is music to my ears as your one stop shop for that next level summer vacation. Apple vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish. We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S. Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, And tips, nonstop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75, that's SAND75, and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash btvr to get the steal of a deal to your favorite live aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash btvr to get this amazing deal at your favorite live aqua resort today. Yeah. That that, yeah. that makes sense to me. I'm more mm-hmm. about the East coast being on time too. Like, but you're right. Yeah. It, it is such a thespian thing. Like it's just mm-hmm. a creative mindset and like no judgment, but a lot of those like thespians just, they're not great with time. Not at all. <laughs> in my experience. And then you guys had a whirlwind romance and ended up getting married. And is this true that you asked uh, Josiah for his, for her hand in marriage? Oh, absolutely!
1: I had to, you know. I, they're a package deal. So, I mean, if you're a part of the, her life, then I'm not only marrying Drew, I'm marrying him as well. So, yeah, absolutely. So I asked him for his uh, for his hand, and it was it was interesting. I had I took them off for for ice cream. You know, Drew was getting her nails done. I'm like, come on, come with me. Let's go and get some ice cream. So I, I sat him down, like, hey, look, I love your mother, and I would like to be your father. Would you uh, allow me to be your dad? And he said yes. So that was, it was interesting. And he was and, three at the
0: time. <laughs> wow. That's, so you guys are living this life, a great family unit, you know, and mm-hmm. then here we go. Tell us how Real Housewives of Atlanta came about for you guys. I know you were living in LA first, and then you guys were moving to Atlanta. So how did the show come about for you guys?
1: Well, uh, for, for Drew, because they cast for Drew. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> so so what ended up happening is they actually came back, came around like three times. First time they came around, Drew was in the hospital having Mackay, So of course timing just wasn't great. The second time they came around, I don't know exactly where we were, but I think probably living in Chicago. Uh, and and I didn't want any parts of the show at all. It's something I don't watch, I didn't really care for. I'm a successful man, you know, self-made, I don't need it. And, um, and then the third time, it's like the third time when it comes back around again, you, take a second look i told my wife i was like listen if there's anything that you want to do i would never stop you from that dream i'll support you and i think i was just in a really good place you found she caught me at a great on a great day where i was like all right you know what i will consider doing this this is something that you really want to do and you know we ended up going forward so i got on camera and we did the um we showed them who we are brought them into our lives and they're like yes we want to make you guys an offer so
0: like cake the shamrock cream i drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger first order. That's three nutrition.com and use code velvet row. Yeah. So they did cast Drew to your point, but you know, like you and the family are in it. So did you know, like what you were getting into, you know, that the fact, like, you know, you've been through a season out, the cameras are there all the time. Like it is true. She got it, but it is about you guys too. Like you're on camera. Like was that, <laughs> were you like, huh? I never realized that we would be, you know, this much of a part of it when you t- pursued this opportunity.
1: Yeah, the very first day of filming, as soon as we came into the house and that we had the scene, the breakout scene that everybody saw where all of a sudden I left and went to Tampa for three days. Oh my God, you know, I I forgot. You know what, when I left, true story, when I left, I did not think about cameras at all or anything about filming. And it just so happened that when I came back and they shot the scene, I was like, okay. (laughs) So when it aired, it aired for everyone at the same time and that was rough so I didn't know what I signed up for at that very moment
0: right and did you so to that point like did you know as you were filming it and like you know maybe there were more conversations about this three days in Tampa like did anything tip you off of like you know like did you think oh wait this you know it's one little thing out of all these things that happened were you like this is going to be a thing or not even at all you were just like it was one little thing
1: I didn't think it was that bad, but, you know, America thought different.
0: <laughs> it had its moment on the show, that's for sure. <laughs> so did you watch any reality TV before this? Like, were you a fan of, like, the genre? Not even Housewives, just, like, any reality TV? Or you never really even got into reality TV? I never
1: really got into it too much. You know, I don't watch too much TV to begin with. You know, if I am, if it's not a game on, then I'm usually doing something else. So, yeah. I didn't know what I was getting myself into at all.
0: What about like, did Drew or you guys as a family have any reservation in the sense that, you know, like Drew's like an actress, like, you know, you're mm. a musician, like she's been in like Girlfriends and What I Like About You and like, you know, white, like real acting jobs. You know, did you guys have any like, I don't know if reality TV is the right like, genre for her because you're an actress, although it is different now than it was 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting question. I, I would say, as we think about how the world is changing and how everyone is perceived, this is a social media world. And so, the reality is, is just yes, Drew's a bona fide actress. She's absolutely phenomenal at what she does in her job. But now you start, you're starting to see, uh, you're starting to see reality stars getting jobs and getting booked just actually over real people that have, you know, training in being an actress. And so The market has changed. Everything is about numbers now. You're following. People want to know not only who you are and do you have talent, they want to see your numbers because everything comes around to the box. It's all about a popularity type of a thing. And so I think being on reality was something new for her, something something exciting and different, but also an opportunity to just rebrand herself for whatever it is that she wants to do. So that's kind of the approach that's being taken more so. It's like, all right, you know, how are you going to, and even as an actor, you got to keep on recreating yourself or people will forget about you.
0: Yes. Yes and yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like Alisa Rena and like Beverly Hills Housewives, like she was one of probably the best examples of someone that has a really long career mm-hmm. on reality TV and as a housewife. And she had like a career for like a really long time before that. So I do think, especially like the TikTok and all this other stuff, like it's all about the numbers these mm-hmm. days.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why you see people that probably you never thought make a TikTok.
0: <laughs> They're out there making TikToks
1: like, "Show me this thing!" Grabbing all the millennials and Generation Z, like, "Show me how to do this dance." <laughs> so you have everybody in it. Everyone, you if you're not on social media and doing something, then you're going to be left behind.
0: Are you on TikTok?
1: We've done one thing, one video on TikTok where Drew pulled me in to do this dance, and it, it literally went viral. So it's, really? a, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, check it out when you get a second.
0: I was going to say, I'm going to have to check that out. I am not on TikTok. I'm on everything else. And just Uh in the past week, I'm like you, like if I have time on my hands, I'm like, how does this relate to business? And I'm like, what should I do next? And I was like, Mm -hmm. I think I should get on TikTok. But I'm not really a fan at the present moment either. <laughs> you don't see yourself doing the dances and everything? <laughs> not the dances. Definitely not the dances. But I'm going to check yours out. All right, go for it. What, what was the best and worst part of this experience from your first season on Real Housewives of Atlanta? Now that it's you have your first season under your belt.
1: Um, I would say the the worst part of it is the... I believe it's a gift and a curse because initially, man, they came out once again blazing. And so it was like all the hate mail that I received. That was just something I didn't expect or pretty much sign up for. And so it, it had to be something I had to adjust to. The best part about it, I would say, is given the opportunity and the platform number one to uh, highlight my father and you know, for the show to actually be able to Show, uh, showcase that aspect of my life. And then also the moment where we were able to share Jojo and me took love uh, blending our families together. So Jojo, as everyone knows, as you know, uh, he has his biological father, he was incarcerated at the time when I came into his life. And now he's out and we really wants to have a relationship with his son. And so being able to bridge that gap was really important to me. I always say, of course, as a man, first and foremost, we're very egotistical. I am a type A person. I don't need anybody to do anything for me. And especially another man coming into my house. And so a lot of people will reject that opportunity to say, I have it. But I had to go and humble myself to say, Ralph, you know, there's some things that you cannot teach Josiah, which is a lot about his heritage, who he is, where he came from, and why he smiles and why he acts the certain way that he does. And those behavioral traits, those are passed down from his biological father who's the best person to teach him his biological father you know and so those are the type of um things that we can actually present and our goal on being on the show is to show what black what, what love looks like not even about race or anything but these are what relationships go through the various different challenges and how to navigate those things those differences and so I think that was a great opportunity to highlight on the show
0: was that like a hard decision for you you know like because you know, on the show they It doesn't seem like, you know, it was, but I'm sure I know there's a lot that doesn't get seen, but you know, like as like a type A, you know, like you're a man, you don't need anything anyone to show you how to do anything like was that a hard decision or no it was just an easy decision that this is the right thing to do
1: yeah I'm I'm confident you know I, I there's nothing that I worry about at all so this was bigger than me and I took the stance to say look this is what we need to do as long as everybody's respectful you know if you're somebody that's disrespectful it's a different story but as long as it's respect and there's love there's true concern
0: why not and how's that going today it's going well
1: is going well you know this uh, of course is a slow prog- uh, process Jojo is Jojo is very much himself he only cares about a few things and so being able to uh, really have an impact on him to, does take some time and a lot a lot of effort so it's, a, it's something that's going to have to build over time but it's not something that's going to be very quick.
0: And then you know you say you got a lot of hate from this three days in Tampa like did you get a lot of positive, you know, did a lot of people reach out to you after this story kind of aired itself of like how you handled yourself?
1: Uh, not, well, I wouldn't say a lot of positivity, I would say. A lot of people did confidentially. They reached out and said, Ralph, I can relate with you. You know, I was in that same position before. And I know that you had to get away to, to, to really be your best self. And, some, and I will say that one thing in particular and I feel like people sometimes can judge and say you can't why did you leave why did you leave but at the same time you think about why did you stay when it's something that's very contentious and you know that it's not going to be a positive outcome I think we sometimes don't do that enough like distance sometimes make the heart grow fonder and it also allows you to clear your head to figure out number one where should you be uh wh- what's in your best interest and how can you be your best self because really if you're not your best self, you're not, get, you're not good for anybody. That's for my wife. That's for my family or anybody else. And the last thing you want to do is start projecting something that's negative on everyone else just because you decide to stay.
0: That makes sense. And I mean, with the whole Josiah and his father, people must have been positive responses to that, right? Like, I'm sure you heard from people of like, you handled that really well.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I think it, th- this is so everyone has trauma in their life and it just so happens that this show is a great release and outlet for people to actually see some of the things that either one happened to themselves or to see themselves, uh, you know, also, you know, so what happened with me, uh, a lot of people reached out to just talk about their story. I've had people reach out and say, man, if my father, my father, has been gone for 30 years. But if he came he came back in, I would take him back and forget about the whole entire 30 or the time that he was gone. So it was like really, really powerful because I think blended families, number one, they're really challenging to begin with. But how do you navigate that relationship to where it could be positive? Or if your father left your life and hasn't been around, what's the reason behind it? It's, a lot of people start to hate people for, for whatever kind of challenges. Yeah. And it becomes trauma that you start to live and deal with but how can you release that and see a different perspective in order for you to really heal and also to, for, to forgive as well?
0: My lips get so chapped. And this is a problem I basically had my whole life and I didn't know where to turn. I tried everything. And that is when I heard of Chop Saver. Chop Saver was created by a trumpet player, someone who uses their lips all day for work. And I figured. Who better than to turn to than someone who has heavy use on their lips? It's a good place to start. Well, it's the only place I needed to go after discovering Chop Saver. Chop Saver combines a special blend of healing herbs and natural moisturizers to help you crack that smile without cracking your lips. It's soothing, it comes in two types, and it has a nice, great citrus flavor. I am telling you, my lips feel good and taste good all day. It's lip relief like I've never known before. And now, as a Behind the Velvet Rope listener, you get 15% off for a limited time. Go to chopsaver.com and enter the code VELVET. That's right, chopsaver.com and enter the code VELVET, and you'll get 15% off. I love that it's organic, I love the taste, I love the smooth, silky texture. And hey, while I'm talking to you guys all day here behind the velvet rope, my lips have never felt better. ChopSaver.com, enter the code VELVET for 15% off. That makes a lot of sense too. Did you ever go down that rabbit hole of like, you know, you weren't on TV, even though, you know, you work kind of in the entertainment business, you know, of all those opinions, like everyone having an opinion, all this hate coming, like, you know, did you go down that, like, it's easy to read all the comments and just go there. You know, a lot Me of too. people, I mean, you know, like it will, you know, a lot of people that are not on a show and then they have this platform and then they start getting all these negative comments, you know, sometimes it's a hard thing to adjust to. It takes like months. And some people just go down that rabbit hole where they're reading every comment and responding right. and like really, you know, so like, did you go there? Like, you know, cause I mean, you're human. It would be understandable that you would read all this and be like fuck you like
1: you know
0: and or like take it in and just be like man or you just were always good you know like I used to be I used to read it all now nothing bothers me I read it I'm like let's move on but like where were you on that like did it affect you it
1: was it, it impacted me tremendously matter of fact we had some uh some friends over when uh to watch the first episode and I'm telling you once that scene aired and my my uh, Instagram just started just loading up. You're a piece of shit. You're da, 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 she should leave you. And like, it started going crazy. I was there just sitting like, oh my God, people hate me. And so it was it was something I had to get used to. And so I questioned, should I turn my comments off? And I ended up leaving it on. I talked to uh, my counselor also. She's like, Ralph, a lot of people need to go and get the trauma off their chest because people are looking at abandonment. Because that's what I did for a lot of people. It was like Ralph abandoned his wife and I had abandonment in my life. And that's what I'm experiencing. And now this is a trigger telling me about what this looks like. I hate him, you know, and I hate him because it also happened to me. So allowing people to get that off their chest and just go crazy and type and, you know, and they were able to go and release. So I had to go through it even for myself, just like you did, which was great. How do you go and process this negative ne- negativity so that you can actually get used to it and become immune to where if you see a negative comment, you're like, okay, this is going to just roll off of me. It took a second. I, let me tell you this. I'm not 100% immune yet. There are certain things that might possibly penetrate me, but I'm a million times better now. If somebody says something negative, I'm just like, ah, okay, <laughs> whatever, whatever.
0: That's not bad after just one season. It's, it's, a, it's an adjustment.
1: And then of course, if it gets too crazy, I got that old, good old block button, you know,
0: Block that block button is, I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. You're like, I can just block you now. And right. I mean, we can keep doing this. You can create fake accounts all day. I could just keep blocking them. I, I don't care. Right. It. Right. What about, were you ever worried that like when you said like all these people were like, I hate you, I hate you. Were you ever worried that like that was going to spill over into your like day job of going into all these companies and especially now that, you know, people are going back to work, like, you know, cause people recognize you, like you said, do you ever worry about that? I mean, I assume that hasn't really spilled over. I mean, one thing has nothing to do with the other or hasn't. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I think you know, I have a public image, right. And also I represent these large enterprises as well. And so I'm always the face. I think when it comes down to it, you always have to carry yourself with a certain conduct. Uh, Yes, I definitely thought about it and thought about the impact. But at the same time, these are personal things. It wasn't nothing that you know damaged the integrity of any organization that I'm maybe affiliated with. These are personal issues that people go through, and majority of people actually happen. It just so happens behind closed doors. Mine just happens to be public and open to the world to see. So I even get, uh, especially from an executive perspective. I'm just like a lot of uh, executives. Not all, but I'm, alike, I'm alike, a, lot, a lot like a lot of them. We're all type A, we are all very uh, you know detailed, but we all have our breaking points where we need to get away at some point. With the world closing down, where is your outlet? A lot of executives travel. And so they can always, okay, you know what? I got a business trip, I'm gonna go here. That gives me a chance to just clear my mind, get my thoughts together, and really be able to process where I need to be, get back to my healthiest and my best self. During a pandemic, everyone was basically in a box. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to run. You can't go to Starbucks and sit down for a coffee. There's nothing you can do. So anything, you just got to take it. So look, at the end of the day, this is where we are.
0: What about now? I mean, I'm not judging you because I don't judge anyone, but (laughs) I'm just, okay, no, here's the only thing (laughs) I'm saying is, well, did you listen? you you had receipts. So we don't, I mean, you had all your receipts. There was phone calls. So it's, I'm not judging at all, but I'm just saying even with his receipts, did it ever cross your mind that the optics of Tampa, Florida, being the stripper capital of the world, which I don't know if you knew, I know Andy Cohn pointed it. I knew that. Couldn't you have gone to Miami? Couldn't you have gone like to Sarasota, Florida, so many places in Florida.
1: Yeah. But all of those take a, you gotta, it requires a plane. During a pandemic. So, I mean, it's the, I think it probably was that. So you're right. A couple of things. One is like I'm a very analytical person. So I've thought about different things. And so even some of my well-thought-out ideas probably didn't turn out as well. Right? Miami, definitely the place to go. I would have went there in a heartbeat, but I had to get on a plane because there's no way in hell I'm driving down there. Sorry. I had to look at things that actually made sense for me to go. They're like, why didn't you go to a beach in Georgia? I'm like, who the hell wants to go to a beach in Georgia? I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to Florida. Florida is the place you're going to go if you're going to go to any kind of a beach. And so that's what I ended up doing. I didn't know if Tampa was the, uh, the the stripper capital of the world. And I don't know if the reality is, is that those strip clubs, I don't know if they appeal to me as much anyway. You know, I have a certain type of a club that I'm going to go to if I'm going to go to a strip club. So really, and the best ones are in Miami. And in Atlanta, these are the these are the strip. The, uh, this is a strip club capital to me, as well as on the East Coast. New York strip clubs are phenomenal. If I'm gonna go to a strip club, those That's where I'm gonna go.
0: You like your strip? Like, what type of strip club do you like? A little more upscale?
1: I, I can, but I mean, it's a, it, it all. It all kind of depends on the music that they're playing. You know, something I can uh, the, the quality of woman that they have there. You know, it's, it's certain things, and it's a certain dynamic and a vibe that you get from various different strip clubs. So it's just not, you just don't go to just anything. I'm not going to go to a hole in a wall. If I'm going to go to something, it's going to be something nice.
0: That makes sense. Well, listen, you had your receipt. So I think if there's anything to learn from housewives, I mean, in being a house husband, it's always have the receipts. Always, always <laughs> have the receipts. Better so, have your proof. <laughs> like you've learned something from your first season without even realizing that this is a Cardinal rule in the housewives, whether you're the husband or the wife, you always have the receipts. What about, you know, because I think what, look, everyone has trouble in relationships. Like that's mm-hmm. just how it works, especially marriages. So I find it commendable, you know, that you and Drew were so open and honest, like you went to counseling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, was there ever anything too personal where you're like, oh, you know, I know this is what we signed up for, but like, why is this on national TV? I mean, I know it was too late to back out, but and I think you guys handled that really well, and that's like an open, honest view of a marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I think
1: that's. It. I mean, you hit it on the head. That it, that's it. I think there's everything. It, just because you just don't know. You just we're just we came onto the show being open, and that's what we agreed to doing. Like, all right, we're just going to be open. We're going to live our lives we just didn't plan on all these different situations to actually occur for the world to see, but Hey, it's a part of our life. And you know, we were being organic. And so whatever happens pretty much happens. And we just got to take it on our chin and just go from there. There's something that puts us in a negative position or a negative place. Hey, it is what it is. And you grow, you, you grow from it. A lot of people are dealing with those same challenges also. So it's a matter of just being able to just navigate. I call it navigating the BS, right? Just navigate whatever it is. How can you get to the next place? That's it's, it's all about the destination to me. You may have, a you may be derailed, but how do you get back on course?
0: And, you know, I think a lot of people aren't really honest about counseling and in getting help and, or just throwing the towel too early. So I mean, like, like, how's the counseling going? Like, was that like a huge factor in like kind of helping you guys get back on course?
1: Oh, it was tremendous just because it's certain, it's a lot of various different aspects that you just need. You hit on the head, right? If you don't know yourself and you don't know why you tick or what may be going on or the past trauma that you're dealing with, how do you navigate and how do you be able to move beyond? I feel like where Drew and I are now, our issues and challenges are you know just on another level you know so let's go to the the the, you know the, the uh the beginning the genesis is finding somebody that has those areas of compatibility that you feel like you can actually get along with can i do i like you and then once you find somebody that you actually like it's like all right now how can we grow together and what does that mean for us it was kids legacy and now it's all right let's go and build business together let's go and build enterprise so that we can actually be able to have something to pass down to our kids so our problems are different right we we're we're in a we're in a different bracket you know so with that being the case our challenges and issues are completely different they look and feel different and then also finding people and counsel and help that has the exact situation that we have because if you don't have a blended family, you may not be able to relate with us. We may not have the same issues. And so it's understanding who you can talk to, who can really understand the position that you're in. I'm a business guy, can you talk business to me? Because my wife, she's a thespian. Can you talk and speak in such a creative way that it makes sense and resonates with her because just pure business may not, you know? So how can you communicate to both parties and effectively allow us to be able to grow and see each other better?
0: That's a good point, too. Did any part of like watching you, like watching yourself back on the show, like with as it relates to like marital issues, like did that help more? You know what I mean? Like sometimes, like people say, like, oh, well, I saw myself, you know, it's almost like watching yourself. You're like, I did that in that situation, man. And I'm not talking about three days in Tampa, I'm just talking about overall, like, yeah, did overall. that help? Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, it did. It did. It allowed me to see myself a little different. I'm like, yeah, so uh, I can't do that anymore. Or I can see how Drew may feel about certain situations. Um, I may come off sometimes not being that emotional. And I'm not an emotional guy, you know. I'm a you
0: know, it's your business. It is. I I'm get a, it. You know, Trust me. I am not it. an emotional person at all either. Yeah, I am all yeah. business all day, every day. So I, yeah, I get right. it.
1: So with her, so with her, I can understand and see myself and And say, all right, you know, Drew needs this is a time where Drew may need to talk, or she may want me to be there, and but I can't be there all the time, or we will always be stuck in a vicious cycle. I I need to make sure things are growing, but it has to be a delicate balance. So I did have a chance to see myself, and also, you know, for me leaving and stuff like that, I can understand also that aspect, right? How could she actually feel about it and how other people felt because I was a trigger. So, you know, I'm trying to make sure I'm not as much of a trigger, but I am who I am. So, Hey,
0: you are who you are. Yes. And she says, listen, that's, what about, you know, so many couples, like it seems get divorced that are on reality TV. And like, I've had this discussion with, like, with other people, like men and women, like, do you think like reality TV, like say that this goes on for like 10 years for you and Drew, like you're still on the show or five years, like, Do you ever worry about that, like, quote-unquote reality TV curse that people change because they're on TV? Fame is an addictive drug for a lot of people. Like, you know, that almost, like, being on a show would have a negative impact on your marriage.
1: I think the benefit that we have probably over uh, other couples that may come onto the show is that, first, Drew Drew is not... um, Drew's not a stranger to this, the screen, and so the fame okay. aspect she's already had. Me, the thing about it is, is like I, I feel like I've already accomplished a lot. I've already I'm self made. I've already had a ton of money to begin with. Coming onto the platform, so the only difference is now a lot more people know me. So it's so I think that if anything, Drew actually was probably more nervous of me than I probably was of her. Um, but nothing bothers me. I'm, You know, this stuff doesn't waver me or make me feel like I need to change because it's just a different platform, a different area and arena. But outside of that, I'm staying true to who I am.
0: That's good. Don't change. If you're still on this show in five or 10 years, just don't change.
1: (laughs) I'm going to grow and evolve. I'm going to grow and evolve, but I'm not going to change and become more of an asshole. Like that's one thing I had a conversation with Drew, about. I was like, listen, one thing about me you can say is I'm very consistent. I don't care because of course I came from, I didn't come, I shouldn't say I didn't come from nothing, but literally I came from poverty. <laughs> so coming from poverty and not having much money and now I'm having, you know, enough to be able to live the lifestyle I want hasn't changed me at all. I'm like, there's nothing that's going to really change me. It's just a different kind of an element, but I'm, I am who I am. And that's the good thing.
0: That is the good thing. What about did you get any advice? We had Mr. Mike Hill on the show here. We love our Mike Hill. Like, did you get any advice (laughs) from like Mike or, you know, Todd Tucker or any of the other house hubbies on Atlanta? Like when you first started or when the show started airing? Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, Those are my guys. And so I, I had an opportunity to sit down with both of them. They were like, listen, Ralph. One thing about this platform is people will set you up. Everyone is clout chasing. Everyone is looking for a storyline. And so they will blast you at any given point in time. They told me about some of the stories uh, that they had where, for instance, if you're single, if, if I'm sitting with a woman, I have to already think that somebody may be trying to take a picture. So you have to limit that exposure and not give somebody something that ends up on a blog. So that's one big thing. And then making sure that you communicate and tell your wife where you're going so that she isn't in the dark. And if you are, for instance, in me, I'm, I'm always doing a business meetings. If I'm out having a lunch or doing a lunch meeting and somebody snaps a picture that my wife knows where I'm at. So it's not one of these big things that she's finding out about on the blog. So that was one of the probably most impactful things. I'm like, ah. Got it.
0: (laughs) And they told you, right. Like if you're at a business meeting and you're just sitting there having coffee, it doesn't matter. Like, that's what Mike told you or Todd. They were just like, somebody could take this picture and there could be a whole caption within like an hour.
1: Absolutely. You just got to You have to be very I mean, because I'm on a platform, you you can't forget that you're on that platform and which is something that can easily happen. You walk around and just feel like you're regular. But people may actually be looking for a story and somebody may actually take something and twist it around and make it something that it's not. The thing is, how you get out of it is making sure that everyone knows where you are. So there's just certain things I have to do and be cognizant about, you know, as I navigate life now. So I have to make those
0: adjustments. It's different, right? It's completely different. When, you know, there was that one scene at Lake Bailey where I think like you were talking to Mike about being away for like three days. Like, does someone like Mike then say to you, you know, when there's no filming, like, just an FYI, you you might, this is a thing. Like this, you know, because like they've been doing it for so long. Like when Mike was here, he said like he can tell like. That one little sentence that I had with Cynthia, that's going to be 17 episodes. I, I got it. Like, did, Mike, <laughs> did someone like a mic pull you aside and say, it's not a big deal, but trust me, this is now going to be a thing?
1: I think everybody on my team has told me that. You know, because <laughs> just because of how I communicate sometimes is very straightforward and direct. And I probably need to be probably more well thought out. But, you know, so I think that that the whole thing is, is uh, (laughs) the thing is, is the way I communicate may be great for television, but it'll get me in a lot of trouble. (laughs) That's the the area. So I can take I can say something and somebody can take it and twist it around and say, did you mean this? And like, "Uh, no, this is the context. But however somebody perceives it is how they perceive it. And it is what it is. Now it's blown out of context and it's kind of hard to try to reel it back in. So really watching your words, being very intentional on what you say is a big deal. I'm, uh, I'm learning. <laughs> there may be things I say right now and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have just twisted that around and said it a different way. But that's a part of the process. So you just got to learn and grow and figure out what you are going to do. I'm, I know for a fact I'm going to bump my head a bunch of times and eventually I'll get it
0: look, you're being honest. And like, I think that's all someone could ask as opposed to yeah. there's a lot of people that come on that you feel like you're watching them and you're like, yeah, they're like, they're trying, like they know what they're right. doing. That's that's when the audience tunes out when you're like that person may be new, but they know what they're doing and they're like manipulating every scene to like come off. That's when the audience is like good luck. So mm-hmm. I think people relate to just human beings that like, Today's a good day. Tomorrow's going to be a bad day. That's just how it is. Right. Did you get more flack online? And then we'll move on. We're not going to just talk about this for the fact that you went away for three days or the fact that there was this whole element now of these cameras in the house.
1: Mm, Oh, I get more flack about the uh, three days by far. The camera situation. Once again, I'm protecting my family. And so I want to make sure everything is safe. Yes, I have cameras. I feel like if you don't have cameras, then how do you know what's going on in your house? And so I'm a big advocate. I think my big problem is just Drew didn't know about where the cameras were placed and positioned. I didn't think it was a big deal. Once again, there's a lot of things. I don't think that are critical, but you can watch. I'll tell you like, oh, there's a camera there, 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 there. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to make sure that my family is all safe. Everybody is in uh, doing what they need to do and I can have eyes on it. That's important
0: to me. I mean, if you think about it, even like I have a cleaning lady, like I think I, I don't think there's anything wrong with cameras. You just, if you're someone's in your apartment, like I've heard stories about like doormen. I mean, in New York going into certain people's apartments, I'll spare you the details, but you're just like, you just don't know. I mean, these are the people Mm. that know when you're away for two weeks and your house is empty. It's,
1: So, so so think about this also, all of a sudden you have to go out of town on business. And so this is something I did for my wife, right? So uh, she has to go out of town. How do you know that the kids are okay? How do you know the kids are sleeping comfortably and there's no problems? How do you know that they're happy or not? Camera, (laughs) you know, now you can just drop in and just watch them and see and make sure that they're okay that's it's really truly just functionality once again i'm a technology guy so i'm going to have the latest and greatest in technology just to make sure that i have uh the ability to number one have eyes and ears where i need to have them and also to make sure that we can function better because that's the whole thing about technology to begin with is to really enable you to be more efficient
0: yes was it hard go, were you nervous to go to your first reunion? Like, you know, you hear so many things about a reunion or at that point you're just like, let's get this over with. I mean, I know it was Drew's and it was the women's, but you know, the house husbands are part of the reunion. Mm -hmm. How was that? I feel
1: like it was, it was, it was different. It was exciting to at first. I think hearing all the women going at each other, and blah, 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 I'm like, oh my God, this is too much. I need a drink already. This is way too much arguing. I mean, of course, you don't hear men argue that much. You know, at, at some point in time, it's like, okay, I've hit my limit here. This is it. It's not going anywhere here. Now nah, I need to go. But for them, it, it was a different kind of an element.
0: Was it hard to that point, like even during the season, like to watch? you know, like you, like you said, like Drew got the show, like to watch her wife or like hear about it. You know, if she comes home, like this girl, Kenya did this to me, you know, like (laughs) you're, you're type a, you're the man, like you want to protect your family. Like, is that hard? Like, cause you know, now Drew is in these situations where there's all this drama.
1: Right. Yeah. It was, I think it was something I just had to just like just go with Of course I've always listened to my wife vent and talk about the different challenges And that's what I, I need to understand when I need to be an ear or I need to actually help. And that's the thing. It's just a lot more conversations now. And it's like every day, it's a situation that happens. Okay, here, you got to block off some time (laughs) to have this discussion and be ready for it.
0: There is a lot. Was there any drama, even if it didn't concern Drew, just that you were just like, what? Like I can't believe this is like you know on these shows sometimes a little thing becomes a big thing like you know just between Kenya and Cynthia where you just like oh my God there's so much trauma everywhere.
1: Oh, all the time. This and it's, it's inevitable. I think they were talking about her weave or hair a lot. You know, so
0: <laughs> you're like I'm gonna have to block off more time tonight to hear about all of this.
1: Serious, serious
0: what about, you know, like at the reunion when like someone like a candy, like Boris says, I mean, I don't think she, I mean, she might've looked at you when she says like, oh, okay, well I would, you know, if it were me, I would have appreciated knowing where you were earlier or hearing about receipts earlier. You know, like she said something like that. Does that bother you? Like when it's the other, like Drew's colleagues that now are looking kind of directly at you and they have an opinion? I mean, it's your mm-hmm. marriage.
1: No, I mean, absolutely. let me tell you, I don't have all the answers. So I value outside opinions all the time. I mean, you better have an opinion or something to say. Uh, so it's a matter of what, if it resonates with me or not. And it's my job to take it. But I can understand that. I tried to I tried to focus in on the reason why I left. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about where I went and what I was doing. If I, If, if we don't correct the root cause of it then what's going to prevent me from leaving again? I call it like we got to put a preventative action in place. Let's talk about the real problem, the root cause of it, and be able to solve that. That's the most important part. But you know, I, I, I learned women, they don't care about that. They care about what you were doing and where you went, and that's all they care about. I'm like, uh, what about the actual problem, right? So it is what it is. It's one of those kind of things. But once again, that goes back to my pragmatic, very rational side of who I am. I can care less about that stuff. That is irrelevant to me.
0: Well, that is a very pragmatic and like what people gain through counseling, like, you know, Mm -hmm. looking at the root of it and then kind of explaining like it's not personal. Like this is why I did. Yeah. I I think that's look, I think that's the whole for every, any couple that's fighting. It's just like, people are so mad about things instead of really looking at like what caused me to do this and kind of working it out. So You're going to, you know, like I, I, I commend you not that you need, not that you need my (laughs) approval for anything. What did you learn from this experience? Like, what did you learn? Like, did you learn anything about yourself having been part of Real Housewives of Atlanta for one season and watching yourself back good or bad? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I My questions are it. not all shady. Like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not digging for anything. No, just... no,
1: no, 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 no. It's all good. All good. I mean, I, I appreciate the question. You know, I, There's a lot to learn. There's, I feel like I learned a lot about myself and how I navigate certain things. I learned how I can come off and look. I learned that you don't know what I do, you know? So it's like, wait a minute. i probably need to do a better job in actually highlighting and showing who I am and what I stand for. And what I do for a living, although I'd be like, well, you can just go to my LinkedIn page. I learned that people, people don't really take time to like whatever you see or whatever somebody sees, that's pretty much what they perceive. And there are people that various different levels. So I think I'm starting to learn a lot about just how I can come across. I think I'm learning a lot about um, this new reality as I'm walking into it and what I should be doing focused on and how to really navigate it correctly. So there's a lot that I'm actually learning because it's a new space for me altogether.
0: Who are you closest to in the cast?
1: Mike and Todd. Those are, those are my guys. I mean, I think I'm probably equally probably close to both of them.
0: You guys talk all the time. Do you guys have a check, a text chain going? No, no, we don't have, we don't have that. We we check in,
1: we check in. Also, Dennis is my guy also. I'll definitely say so. The men, I feel like we have like a, a um we have a bond because at the end of the day we are all in this together. So, you know, we we have our conversations and everything uh just to make sure we check in. Dennis uh, our kids are in the same age so we're going to have like play dates that we'll pull together and I need to do one with Todd. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely need to do one with Todd soon also. You do yeah
0: What about? I mean, speaking of Dennis, like when you see this, you know, this whole thing going on now with that fact that like Portia is engaged to like Simon. Simon was married to Fallon. Fallon was on the show. I mean, this is this is all people are talking about in the Real Housewives of Atlanta world. I mean, does that shock it you?
1: <laughs> oh, it's very shocking. I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> I've never seen you. Know, it's 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 interesting, I should say. You know, it's, it's something that I that kind of took me took me by storm. But once again, I kind of stay above everything and just focus on what I got to do. But it was something that was just like ah, oh, this is this is kind of new,
0: <laughs> a little different. It's a lot. It is. Does someone like a dentist call you and say, "Look what's going on"?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I had to. I wanted to. And, and I, I have to do it. I owe Dennis a call, actually. So I definitely owe him a conversation just on uh, the, the whole situation, just to make sure that he's cool with what's happening. Because, I mean, once again, we are we have egos. And there's a lot. It's a lot to have a, another man inside of your house. So it's something that takes a toll. And we sometimes overlook those kind of things. And so, yeah, I definitely owe him a call to talk about that a little more.
0: Tell him that I said, I hope he's doing okay. i will (laughs) what about you know this whole bolo situation which also was a huge thing you know last season were you just like you know like when you watch that back and you know like that episode are you like oh my god what is going on
1: i was like how these ladies out here living their best life (laughs) they over here doing it all so i mean it was (laughs) yeah I don't, I'm like, Hey, at the end of the day, we tried to uh, position a bachelor party for Mike because we need to do a redo of his. They went all out. We didn't do, we didn't do half of what uh, they did for theirs for Mike. So I'm like, we definitely need a redo.
0: You guys need a mate. Listen, I, it's hard to top Bolo in a cage. And all sorts of other things. <laughs> well, you can do a redo next season. I know, right? What you know? Anything you can tell us about season fourteen? Uh, nothing. I
1: can't. You know, I think there. I, I have. I have no information. Basically, I kind of wait for my wife to tell me what's going on. But once again, I'm, I am the husband of the show, and so things come downstream to me basically. And so I hear about what's going on. As soon as I hear something, you'll hear about it.
0: Well, I would say ninety nine point nine percent. Drew will be going back. Just looking at my crystal ball, (laughs) which means you will be there. Is there anything like you would do different?
1: Uh, This year, this next season, season 14, probably, probably not. I mean, my thing is I still want to go in there and and be authentic. I want to show what relationships look like. And uh, we have this, the same outcome for the most part. It's just matter. It's just really truly showing how we can be a unit and navigate things marriage is challenging and we want to use the the platform to show how marriages can actually work also and show the ups and downs. So it'll be it'll be nice. But we also want to show some more positive things. I feel like we didn't have enough time last season to really show, you know, really who we are. It was just like, here you go. We didn't have the like the niceties, like the hey, let me show you guys how Ralph treats his wife and how they get along. Well, it was just like all out we're at the table. Where did you go for three days? You know, we want to actually show us just actually just being ourselves a lot more. So that's, I would say that's something to look forward to.
0: This is why when I sat down to prepare for this, I'm like, I can read all this stuff, but I'm like, I don't understand what Ralph does. Like, I mean, I understand some of what you do. I'm like, I just don't understand what else. So I'm like, here you are. I might as well ask. I'm like, if I have this question, I'm sure everyone has this question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and that's the thing I definitely need to probably do some more work on just making sure that it's out there, but definitely you look at my LinkedIn page, my LinkedIn page has a lot of my whole entire um, history on everything I've done from a business profession, you know? So, it's something I actually do boast. I'm also a life coach. Uh, I do speaking and motivational uh things outside of just being a producer. So, it's like I, I have my hands involved in a lot of different things. And then on top of that, we also have a a, a television uh film and television production company called Udora Entertainment. So, that's another thing that we also do have.
0: Are you developing or working on anything related to that?
1: Yeah, so we have a one show, one one movie that we're getting ready to release called And You Call Yourself a Christian. Uh, we have a couple other productions in the in the mix also, so we're we're working.
0: Is there something you like the best out of all of this? You know, your tech side, your fitness, music production—like you do—you do a lot. You're a true entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you know what it, it, I think it all creates and balances me out to be who I am. I don't think I'm just one faceted. I consider myself as being extremely layered. And you know, really understanding how to really present that uh, sometimes get challenging because it's a lot of various different things that really truly complete who I am. But uh, I think the I think ultimately who I am is somebody that really wants to get out, get the best out of people. And so whatever that might be in the, in the realm of actually being able to communicate and talk to people, seeing them through the television show where they see me there. Uh, fitness, everything. It it all comes back to an experience. And that's what I'm looking to do is create a a great experience using technology, of course.
0: What about, have you heard from anyone? Like I know Drew is like in the entertainment business before, as were you, but have you heard from anyone like either like in the Bravo world, like Rihanna, she does slip into a lot of housewives DMs. Like she's open and honest (laughs) about the fact that she loves housewives. Like have you or Drew heard from someone, you know, like either in the Bravo world or like they don't have to be as famous as Rihanna, but someone like that, right. where you're like, oh, this person likes watching my wife and I on TV every week.
1: No, I think a lot of people, I think it's a community, right? It's a community. And so there's a lot of a lot of people who actually have reached out, just, to, you know, introduced themselves from different shows because we're all in this together. I would say that I probably know most of the guys. Um, this in this world also and so it's like we have our community the women uh, Drew's networking with them because once again you're you're kind of in here and you need people that can like lift you up and show you the ropes and show you what things to do what not to do and it's, it's all about how you navigate but I think the the most valuable thing that people have said is hey just be yourself and be real you know, be authentic. Because people, as you said a little earlier, people can feel it when you're not, you know, when you're coming off being scripted. And I think that's the whole thing that we're looking to do is just you know, be ourselves and present ourselves. And I'm just going to support my wife, whatever she wants to do.
0: Is there one house husband or two house husbands, like other than Mike and Todd, that sticks to the top of your mind of like, somehow I'm developing a friendship with this one? You know, we just talk more than others.
1: Um, you know, I, I would say, I wouldn't say anyone is like, I think it's pretty, pretty neutral. You know, it's been, it's been pretty neutral. I think everybody got their head down. So i talked to everybody fairly sporadic. And so it's not one person that I'm really, truly toward. I think I probably gravitate more towards people that's on my show right now. Um, and that that's, makes sense. Yeah.
0: If it was up to you before we wrap up, if it was up to you. I mean, and someone said you have experience producing we're going to come to you so now you know you and Drew are going on to season 14 but you are allowed to choose someone not to go on you could leave Cynthia behind you could leave Candy behind Miss Kenya Portia is there one wife that you would say let's just move on without her (laughs) I'm not that invested
1: (laughs) I, I don't I don't know I would never be able to answer that question this isn't it's not even about me so I wouldn't think about it in, in any kind of context. Really, truly, everybody, I feel like everybody brings a different element to the table with, with this. Um, and, you know, for me, I didn't even really have a chance to really get And of course, I've been able to meet everyone like off screen, but I haven't really been able to really be able to build that synergy and everything else on screen to understand everyone's dynamics. So I think and that was all due to the pandemic. I think next season probably will be a lot different where people will be able to actually be able to shoot a lot closer together and we'll be able to develop even stronger relationships and bonds.
0: Completely. Before we go, how how are all the kids? How is Drew? How's the rest of the family doing these days? And yes, the pandemic being over, you're going to have a much different experience next season.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the world opening back up. But yeah, my family, everyone is doing phenomenal. Uh, they're growing fast. I looked at my daughter yesterday. I'm like, wait a minute, you're getting tall. And so it's one of those kind of shocking feelings. I'm looking at little kids now and I'm like, Man, I remember when Anai was that big, you know, that or that small, I should say. And it's a cute age, but now seeing her grow up and coming to herself is like it's pretty amazing. And so everyone is doing great. Makai and Jojo, they're all developing. And um, jo, matter of fact, I took Jojo to get a haircut before he would cry when you pick his hair. Now he's just sitting there. I'm like, man, you're growing up. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm starting to see my my season I've planted starting to pay off now. So it's it's kind of cool just watching them grow and evolve.
0: And that's got to be like, when you look back, it's like you're getting these home movies, like of the highest quality.
1: Yes, you know. yes, 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 yes. It's phenomenal.
0: What is next for you? Anything else you want to leave us with? I mean, I feel like I have my own agendas. And thank you for answering all my questions. But I like to give people a platform at the end to mention anything that they would like that I may <laughs> not have brought up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When we did bring it, we brought a lot of it up. So, definitely, I have an animation getting ready to come out for my mind music for kids that's going to be released uh, very, very, very soon on YouTube. So, look out for that. I'm excited about it. Uh, A couple other things, Rad, one, um, I'm sorry, um, Rip with Ralph. Excuse me. That's something that really, truly we're pushing to the next level just to really educate people on fitness and making sure that you know exactly what to do to live healthier lives. And lastly, um, you know, speaking engagements and things of that nature, watch out for all the various different things that may be coming. So definitely just follow, um, everything on IG and Twitter, Ralph Pittman at junior.
0: When you do speaking engagements, is it one topic over others? Like what do you get booked for the most to speak? Cause you are very well-spoken and have a good, healthy view on life.
1: Oh, thank you. You know, it, it depends. So, so sometimes it may be technology related, uh, other times it's, um, it's talking about life. You know, I think I want to start gearing towards even, you know, having a blended family and what that mm-hmm. that dynamic looks like, because there's so it's confusing. You don't kind of know and you just kind of just get thrown into the fire and you try to figure it out and you beat your head against the ground just trying to do it. It's hard to just navigate, but, you know, those are the things that I really want to do. And then also just making sure that you live your best life. So really, truly talking about the different fundamentals, how you can be, you know, greater.
0: I love it. So say your socials one more time. So everyone can find you with all these projects and ripped with Ralph, which I checked out on your Instagram yesterday. So tell everyone. where Yes. You can find yes. You. Yes.
1: Yeah. So you can find me at Ralph Pittman Jr. on all social platforms right now. So, and then my website, ralphpittman.com.
0: That's easy. When the show comes back on, you'll have to come back on and share all sorts of updates.
1: You got it. You got it. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the next time.
0: I really appreciate your time. It's been great getting to know you better. You know, say hi to everyone and you'll be back. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Also, you take care now.
0: All right. Take care. Bye. Right, Bye.